When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Could you have imagined that? No, not at all. You know, I, I wanted to be up there in the ninth, and uh, I just I knew I was going to get the job done. So. Well, the home run was impressive to start. But, yeah, let's talk about that at bat in the ninth because you do have the opportunity to be the hero in that moment. Do you allow yourself to think that way, or how do you approach that? Absolutely. You know, I, that's that's what I live and dream for, right? That's what I want, and I want to be in those situations. And uh, I was just looking for that slider from Presley, and uh, he gave it to me. There he is. The future Los Angeles Angel. Right. Oh, wow. According to Declan, <laughs> Royce Lewis. Wow. There he is. Just very calmly, kid. calmly telling Audra, yeah, I uh, wanted to come up there because I knew I was going to get it done. I was just waiting for that hanging slider from Ryan Presley, and uh, I'm here to change the franchise. Thanks for the interview, Audra. Seems Back like to a, you, Dick. Seems like a legit kid. Yes, thank you very much, Audra. Now let's talk about... Anyway, um, he seems like a great kid. Royce Lewis seems like a great Seems kid. like you would enjoy Los Angeles in a couple months, too, so you can... Uh, Get two months of Shohei Otani. That that debate raged across. I saw Chad Hartman chimed in yeah. at one point on Twitter. It, it got so a little, it's a little reckless speculation among friends on Thursday. Sometimes spills over. Yeah. But this is the State of the Twins episode of Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, presented by our friends at Modest Brewing, by the way, just steps away from Target Field. Old Macadat got into a couple uh, two, three super deluxe premium lagers. Mm. Look at that bad. That can looks awesome, too. You just uh, you just you just feel powerful holding one of those things. They also have 19 ounce stove pipes available in and around the Twin Cities tap room in the North Loop. Uh, so old old Dex doesn't live in the neighborhood anymore, but maybe Modest can lure him back once in a while. Easily, easily. I'll use Modest as the next selling point when we move a, when we move across the metro again a year from now. Maybe that's what, that's what I'll try to do here. We'll see if that one works wow. for me. But but I, I miss the patio. It's a great spot, and yes, yeah, a, a great spot to catch get a beer before uh, before a Twins game too. Yes, modest. Uh, you can find them again just steps away from Target Field and the light rail. So, gentlemen, every single week here, we've done this now for a few weeks, and we'll keep going. Twins are in first place. We'll give you the overall snapshot, and then we'll dive into a few key topics in our weekly State of the Twins episode here. So, overall record, 28-26. and 26, Two games up on the Tigers, who remain in second place above the Guardians. The Twins offense, 15th in runs scored per game. Second in runs allowed per game. Baseball reference gives the Twins a 78% chance to win the, uh, to well, to make the playoffs, which it's also pretty similar for the division because uh, they would it. not be a wild card team. <laughs> yeah, right that's, that's it. No wild card. <laughs> 2% chance to win the World Series. 
Fangraphs says 76% chance to make the playoffs, 4% chance to win the World Series. Category number one for you guys, Royce Lewis is back and better than ever, to steal a phrase from Mike Greenberg. And you heard the clip there after the game. So he hits the three-run home run. Boom, he's off for a year. Comes back to the major league, just bonks a three-run home run. The bullpen gives it back, and we'll talk about that. And then he comes up, ties the game, a very uh, Derek Jeter-like base hit up the middle to tie the game. The thing that strikes me the most, and I'll shut up and throw it to you guys, is his personality, his confidence, his demeanor. Correa brings a little bit of that. Buxton's just not quite that personality. There's just something very franchise-like about Royce Lewis's personality. And if, if all of a sudden he's healthy, he's on the field, he's playing at the level of a former number one overall pick, um, it can be very infectious. It could be it'd be very interesting to see him the next few weeks and couple months to see if he can stay on the field regularly. But his demeanor and personality and just his aura really struck me after his first game. So you're right, Phil. The most important thing is can he stay on the field? He has torn up his ACL now twice, which at his age is a lot. Uh, but if he can, I agree completely. And what what hit me is this. When he talks, and I'm not saying he's this player at all. I'm saying the personality is, to me, it reminds me of a, a similar personality. I see a lot of Jeter there. I see a lot of the same calm, cool, and collected. Uh, also, also engaging when he wants to be. Now, because De- Derek could be very cold, too. But there were times when he was very, you know, face the franchise. Um, Royce Lewis strikes me as the type of guy, and again, I know he has to stay healthy, that you could market your franchise around and that people will gravitate towards. He just has that it factor. Uh, Correa... Correa, I think, is beloved by teammates, and I think he's liked within the game by some, you know, clearly since the trash can banging, not all. But um, I think there's yeah, a respect. Yeah, waste management loves him, actually. Yep. <laughs> I think there's a respect for Carlos, but I don't know if it translates to the fan base as much as the Twins initially thought. Uh, Buxton has certainly come out, out of his shell, but the sad thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, is Byron's current circumstance doesn't really allow you um, to be all that you can be when you can't uh, stay on the field on a regular basis. So I'm with you completely. And if you can now plug Royce in at third base and he's just your guy there, I think the opportunity here is enormous because watching him play is fun. Watching him play baseball is fun. Yeah, I, I would say with Correa, I mean, Correa is also kind of villainous, right? Like, People don't like Carlos Correa for the trash bang, trash can bangs. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just the Dodgers who, yes, booed him assess, uh, excessively a few weeks ago. But there's a, there's probably a good amount of people who don't like Carlos Correa simply because of that Astro scandal with that whole collection too. Altuve, Bregman, everyone kind of involved in that. Um, so there's kind of a black eye there with Royce. There's definitely a more charismatic uh, way about him. Um, number one overall pick, so he was kind of being groomed for this, I guess, if you will. Like he had these expectations for sure, and it's been a long road with a couple ACL tears, and you know that God, that draft was now five years ago, six years ago for whatever it was. So it feels like forever ago, and now he's finally here, and he's coming up with big hits and against a really good team in a hard environment in Houston against one of the best pitchers in Ryan Presley. So yeah, I mean, pretty damn impressive debut for a kid to come back after all those circumstances and deliver that. I think you guys have touched on a subject I've, I've put a lot of thought into over the weekend, even just spanning across the different teams, you know, the, the Twins, the Timberwolves, Vikings, even Wild. And I think part of the reason we don't 
fully buy into, not buy in, the reason we don't maybe flock to Target Field to watch Carlos Correa or why he isn't necessarily embraced in the way that maybe the Twins thought when they signed him to the first contract and the second contract. He's a mercenary. He's an outsider. And we brought him in because they had some money to spend. It was a good, aggressive, it was a good advantageous contract that they signed you know, at the last minute after the uh, lockout ended a year ago, and they kind of lucked back into getting him back. But he's ultimately, at the end of the day, he's not a homegrown guy. He's certainly not from Minnesota, right? He's a mercenary hired to help the Twins, and he hasn't been great yet. Right. He was fine last year, That's but a lot of his numbers kind of came in non-high leverage situations. So, like, a mercenary's fine. You can bring on mercenaries, like, the Vikings have had a ton of mercenary quarterbacks. Brett Favre was beloved for a couple of years because he came in right away and he was awesome. And he led the Vikings to the best offense in the, in the NFL and deep into the playoffs. And then of course, as Brett Favre does, he sabotages. So, I mean, I don't think Korea is disliked by twins fans, but he hasn't really done anything. He's off to a slow start this year. We love homegrown and homegrown could be from Minnesota or it could be drafted by Minnesota or signed as a, international free agent, which is the case sometimes in baseball. We love homegrown, and we love toughness and durability. So if you're Kirby Puckett, and you come up through the minor league system, and you just play every day for like 10 years, and you rise up in big moments, Kirby Puckett was the holy grail of everything we love as Minnesotans watching sports. Homegrown, tough, durable, rises up in big moments, right? Kevin Garnett, drafted as a 17, 18-year-old, top five overall pick, homegrown, played all the time, tough, rose up in big moments, right? I mean, and we could go down the list. Royce Lewis has a chance, if he can stay on the field, to check those boxes for us. He was our number one overall pick. He's charismatic. He rises up in big moments, at least throughout his you know, small sample size in the big leagues and in the minor leagues. If he can just stay on the field and do this on a consistent basis, he will bring people back to target field that maybe haven't been going for the last few years. And look, the race is on. Whoever ends, who, whoever is the star of the Twins' first playoff series win, if and when it comes, is going to be loved. Like we will, we There's will. Room for more statues We out will there. hail Correa. We will love Carlos Correa, but his payday, fair or not, signifies a guy who should help you end, if not play, the key role in that streak coming to an end. Right now, Carlos Correa is a marvelous shortstop, and I'll just stop right there. He is a marvelous fielding shortstop. And, and at his best and with the bat, he's a good hitter at his best, but he's yep. not hes not a great hitter. He's a good hitter and a and great have, defensive shortstop. And we're not there yet with him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Royce's demeanor, the thing that, that Puck had that Royce has, though, is there appears to be a genuine love for what he's doing, and he loves pressure. And the fact is, you know, two weeks ago, yesterday, the Twins lose. There's no question about it. There's there's nobody who plays that role. And he stepped up and got key hits. And then basically, like Puck did, smiled and said, this was great. Yeah, of course. You know, it, the clutch gene here, we so rarely see it, right? In this godforsaken sports town, we so rarely see now that clutch gene that when we do, I think we rightfully celebrate it. It's like a true, I mean, it is very Jeterian. We've already brought up Derek Jeter a few times. Just everything from, you know, the position that he came up playing shortstop to the way that he stands at the plate 
the way that he hits the ball to opposite field. He's not just about launch angle and home runs. Even the home run that he hit was just kind of a laser down the right field line to opposite field. He's not necessarily just looking to pull the ball with as much launch angle as possible. He's kind of a throwback to like the late nineties, early two thousands, the wait on a pitch, let it, you know, let it get deep in the zone and pound it up the middle. Right. Let it travel. Let let it travel. Baseball. Football. Football. Let it travel deep in the zone. (laughs) So he's, yeah, I mean, he just, I guess we can keep asking this question every week. Maybe we should, because last week we had the reckless speculation. What what would you trade for two months of Shohei Otani? And the Angels, by the way, lost like four or five games in a row. They dropped even further in their division. I don't know if they won yesterday, but but the more that they kind of slip, the more it becomes a conversation. So this is what I was saying in our in our argument, Dex, is if you if I get ready made, mm-hmm. if if Royce Lewis is the best player on your team, I can't justify trading him for two months of Shohei Otani. But if he goes into an 0 for 15 slump, maybe it's a different. <laughs> right. It might just change every five days. But that, like that, that was what I was worried about losing for six years. What we saw yesterday. And that's, uh, you know, that that would be still the price of admission, right? To get the best baseball player on the planet in Otani, and you can't just get him for free either. And I, I've already seen MLB Network was talking about is he the first, is he going to be a 600 million dollar player? The trade rumors are already just starting to stir on ESPN.com of the likely suitors and whatnot. So it's going to come up. But if you are the Twins and you indeed pick up the phone and you want to make that deal. I think it probably centers around Brooks Lee, if not Royce Lewis. By the way, the Angels, uh, just for fun, we can kind of keep this in the mix. They did win yesterday. They are now uh, six games back of the Rangers in the West, three games over 500, and a half game up on the Mariners for fourth place in their division. So if you want that, if you want that reckless speculation to turn into reality, you need the Angels to tank and uh, and hit the skids. Okay, category number two here, State of the Twins, Sonny Gray is doing something no one has done in a hundred years. This is from OptaStats. Pitchers in Major League Baseball history to be undefeated with a sub-2 ERA and no home runs allowed through the first 11 starts of the season. Sonny Gray this year, and then a guy named Eddie Seacott. Eddie Seacott, yeah. In 1919. Old Eddie Seacott. Ed, I called him. Easy Ed. Big game, Eddie Seacott. So that was back in the day where, uh, like, nobody hit home runs. Babe Ruth Ruth was just emerging in. Yeah, it was the the first dead ball era. So, Mm -hmm. like, in a full season, starting pitchers would allow, like, six home runs. So it wasn't wasn't as hard. So we're seeing, and and he, uh, I think he got the no decision yesterday because he he put the two runners on and then it led to the grand slam, which which we'll talk about too. But mm-hmm. what do you think of that? We're a third of the way through the season, and Sonny Gray is doing some things here that really no one's done in a hundred years. I think the man is going to get paid. I think he's he's going to get paid very well. I think it probably might not be here, but you know what? If, if you at least reap the rewards of a very good 2023, good for you. Um, I think Sonny Gray is wired also in in a way that I really like. I like watching him pitch. Um. He doesn't give in easily. There are times when he looks like he technically should be on the ropes and rebounds. And I, I think there is a conversation to, to be had. I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as Twitter made it out to be, but I think there's a conversation to be had at his pitch count yesterday, even with two men put on base, if he should have been left in to try to work his way out because his pitch count was fine. His yeah. pitch count was not the problem. It's just that he put two men on and Baldelli went, and got him. 
but he is a pitcher that is fun to watch. There is a there is a competitive level to him and a talent that makes it a good combination of his starts are at least going to be entertaining. Not to mention you can hear him grunt from the third level of target field every time he releases a baseball. <laughs> Rich Hill. Yeah. He's got some Rich Hill <laughs> yeah. to him. Yeah. He's, um, he's a salty guy for sure. He's definitely, you know, last year he had a trouble going deep into games. He, you, you would throw a lot more pitches than he probably needed to. And, you know, yesterday I know he gets into the seventh, but you know, he, he has put up games in this, in the month of May where he only went five, four and a third and whatnot. So, I don't think he's going to be the pitcher that was just absolutely dominating and cruising like he was in April. Is he a frontline starter? And do I trust him to start and deliver a win in a playoff game right now? 100%. Yes. I think Joe Ryan's probably going to end up being the better one of this group. That being said, Sonny Gray's a veteran. He's wired correctly. I trust him in a playoff game. Dude, this is, again, this this is all predicated on making it the next three, four months healthy and everything. But Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan... Pablo Lopez, one, two, three in a playoff series. They haven't run anything like that out in 30 years. I'm not saying they have a Jack Morris 91 here or any, but the closest they came was maybe because Liriano, remember in 06, Liriano went down in late August and he was out Tommy John surgery. That would have been the best rotation because it would have gone Santana, maybe Radke in game two, and then. I think Carlos Silva or Booth Bonzer wound up starting a playoff game against the A's that year. I can't remember who. But they haven't, like, usually you get to the number three starter in a Twins playoff series, and it's like, uh, we're out of options. Yeah. We're running Brian Dunsing. We're running Booth Bonzer, running, you know, Randy Dobnak out there. So, yeah, if, if it's Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan starting number one, I mean, you at least have a really good puncher's chance in any of the playoff games you're going to play with any of those three guys. The only question then is, and th- this is where it's going to be, it'd be great fun to watch, would be when do you go get your your starter out, right? Because like yesterday in a playoff game, I think Gray would have melted down because he's like, okay, I put two men on, but is this bullpen? A- until you get to the back end, which is also just absolutely incredible. Um, but I, I, I think that's the most, it's clear that the Twins have made a commitment to allow their starters and this is a great thing to go deeper into games. The question yep. becomes in the playoffs, how deep do you push it more? Because I will say this, if the option is the front end of the bullpen or Gray, Ryan, or Lopez, I'm probably going to say I would almost prefer to allow the starter to stay in as opposed to get a quick hook because, oh, my God, it's not going exactly right. How about this? This is kind of crazy. So just on that third time through the order, how long do you like – the question you just asked, Judd. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled this up on Baseball Reference. Sonny Gray last year was allowed to face a hitter a third time only 77 times all year. This year, he's up to 51. Mm-hmm. So he's already like way more than halfway to the number he had last year, third time through the order, and we're not even to June yet. He'll make his next start, first start in June. OPS against third time through the order. These are some smaller sample sizes because we're talking about like 50 and 80 plate appearances. So take it with a grain of salt. But his OPS allowed the third time through the order is 70 points better this year than it was last year. And he's actually better the third time through the order than the second time through the order OPS allowed this year. Again, we're dealing in these are. He's faced uh, 99 hitters the second time, 51 hitters the third time. So let's see where these numbers are after some more sample size. But 
He's fine the third time through the order. Now, yesterday, all right, well, there's a couple guys on base, and it's the Astros. They're one of the best teams in baseball, so I kind of understand going to your bullpen, but you saw what happened. Like, does Sonny Gray have a better chance to turn a double play and get out of the inning there than allowing a grand slam three batters later? Like, maybe have, answer, yes. maybe yes. have some trust in a guy who it was 75 pitches or 80 pitches, Yep, and he's been fine the third time through the year. He was pissed walking off the mound. And he should have been. Rocco had to give him like five seconds of, hey, nice start. And finally, he kind of like cracked his neck and handed the ball to Rocco. <laughs> he does crack his neck a lot. He's got the neck tick thing. Have you ever seen him smile? He's like such a throwback, salty guy. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He just labors but he's up got like and screams. A, but he's got like a boyish face. So it's, it's <laughs> he, weird he because, because you would expect him to be in a perpetually good mood. And yet, Phil's right. He rarely looks like he's in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, you know what puts Declan in a good mood? Golfing. At the Meadows at Mystic, specifically. Absolutely. You can book some tea times here, okay? Finally, it's June. We got 90s in the forecast, just humid and heat, you know? And when I'm out there, I'm, at least I'm being, you know, drenched in sweat when uh, when I'm drilling putts at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Golfthemeadows.com to book these tea times, okay? They got some great card options there, too. The GPS carts. I like to know what I'm hitting because I like to think I know what I have the right club in my bag. So the cart will tell me what I should be hitting at least. So you can go to golfthemeadows.com. You can also enjoy a cold one at the Meadows Bar and Grill, one of the best patios low-key around. Go to golfthemeadows.com to secure that tee time. Also, speaking of the Twins, so, man, I know, Judd, you were at the ballpark a couple times this weekend. My wife and I went and bummed around on uh, Sunday afternoon. It's just it, it's such a fun place to just hang out. The baseball has been kind of meh the last couple of years. This year, they're back in first place here, at least the first couple of months. Twins, twins.com slash tickets. Twins.com slash tickets if you want to get out there. Uh, those Blue Jays fans, man. They're the best. They do travel. Yeah. Very, very nicely. And oh, they drink. Great. Oh, yes. Are you, they're Canadian. Are you kidding? That's like Wisconsin, man. That's a license to just be drunk. Dude, we were. So what we like to do is we'll Which buy tickets and we basically yeah. won't sit in our seats. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no judgment. And so I think we were there for, we got there in like the second inning on Sunday and we just hung out for two and a half hours or whatever. We didn't. And so at one point we were up second level railing, just overlooking like the skyline and watching the game. And this woman, I don't know, probably like in her fifties, Blue Jays fan kind of comes stumbling over just alone and leans up next to my wife. And she looks at the seltzer that my wife was drinking and says, uh, what's that worth? And my wife was like, what? What's uh, what's that worth? And she's like, well, it costs, you know, whatever, but it's probably worth this. And she, are you trying to buy it from me? Yeah. Like, there's no line back here. And she, I, I, Is that how Canadians say how much did you pay for that? What's it worth? Uh, maybe. I, how drunk was she? Pretty drunk. Okay. Yeah, I don't the think The Canadian that's... gal. My wife was fine at the moment. Yeah, I don't think that's how they... <laughs> the I, don't, I, I have never heard that. I, I've, I've heard, you know, a boot... Uh, Canadian terms, yeah. but I've never heard what's that worth. Yeah, huh. What's it worth? I don't hey. know. What's oh, it? Really? 50 bucks. You yeah. give me 50 bucks, I'll give you the rest of my seltzer. Give me a loony or two. A loony? That, that's their currency. Okay. That's a form. They don't of, just call it the Canadian dollar? Of, no, they, they do, but but they've got a they, they've got a form of, I don't ex- exactly know, but it, it's a great term. It's called a loony. Mm. All right. Good for yeah. the Canadians. Because there was one under center ice that they buried uh, during the Vancouver during the Olympics in Vancouver. The loony is the Canadian one dollar coin because they okay. have dollar and two dollar coins there. 
Thank you. Well, there you go. There you go. The loony. Okay. The, the more you know. Twins.com slash tickets. Yep. Loonies. To go hang out at the ballpark this summer. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, category number three here, State of the Twins. So we've done the positive there. We spent 20 minutes on the positive. Uh, Category number three is the bullpen is still kind of a disaster. So Brock Stewart comes in, and by the way, he was like one of their best ERA pitchers for a while, and still is. His ERA is still like a buck and a half, or a loony and a half, whatever you want to call it. But uh, he gives up the grand slam to Jose Altuve yesterday. Just an absolute missile. Jorge Lopez came in. He did pitch a scoreless inning, but just plunks the first batter that he faces. Like, just not ready to throw. Or maybe that was strategic. So, you know, this guy's got a 900 OPS. I'm just going to plunk him real quick and hobble him. But uh, the Twins bullpen statistically coming into this episode ranks 17th in win probability added. Meaning that's that's the accumulation of when you come into a game, after you leave, did you increase your team's percentage chance to win or decrease? And it accumulates over the course of the whole season. The Twins' bullpen ranks 17th in win probability added. So it's not the worst bullpen in baseball, but if your goal is to go and do some damage in October, it's tough to just have one guy that you rely on for you know three outings a week and then the rest a big shrug mark. Jorge Lopez's struggles concern me because he, he was terrible for the most part after they got him from Baltimore last year. He was really good for, what, the first month of this season. And now he's gone back to – and his inning yesterday, he sort of just didn't have control. It, it was it was weird. Um, but I think that at the, at the end of the day, if Lewis can stay healthy and can hit, which I think if he's on the field, he's going to hit, and if you get guys back – I'm actually more concerned about the front end of the bullpen than the bats. Like that would be the one area where I would like to see because the back end is fantastic. I mean, Duran is, it's ridiculous. He's unhittable. And and I know he'll melt down once in in a while. He'll walk guys. I get that. But I'm saying for the most part, good luck there. Yeah. I think the front end of the bullpen might be right now. My biggest point of just improve it. It doesn't mean it's got to be unbelievable, but it but it's got to give you if you're going to take out Gray, you got to have more of a assuredness, especially again in a playoff game, that the next guys that you bring in are going to hold that thing down, not throw what was an absolute cookie uh, on the Altuve Grand Slam because that pitch was a ridiculously. I mean, he was going to hammer that every single time. Easier said than done, but it's it's probably easier to acquire bullpen guys and then make your lineup better overnight. Like it's just going to be incredibly difficult to acquire new talent that makes your lineup go from eh to oh my god really great overnight. You mm-hmm. can find one or two really good relievers, then all of a sudden that just slots everyone down, just like a rotation, right? Like once you get an ace in, well now that guy that was pitching above where he should have been now becomes a two or a three, and it makes life a little bit easier. Um, so I, I I think the Twins will probably look to buy bullpen arms. They're always available. Um, at the trade deadline, I know teams are a little skittish on overpaying for bullpen arms because. It's just a little bit of a commodity, and everyone always wants it. But uh, I, I think it makes sense for them to go after bullpen help than it does looking for someone to hit number, you know, hit fifth in their lineup by the trade deadline. 
You know who is, and I'm not saying he's going to be your your number two behind Duran, but Jose DeLeon has mm-hmm. been, and he's 30 years old now. He was once one of the top pitching prospects in baseball like eight or ten years ago. I remember stashing him in my deep fantasy baseball league for about three or four seasons. Like, this is the year that Jose DeLeon's going to finally break out. He's had injuries, and he really hasn't even pitched that much in the major leagues. He had a rocky first outing in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. And then I think he might have given up. Yeah, he gave up a run, too, against the Angels. But the last three outings against the Giants and then twice against the Blue Jays, he's given you a bunch of scoreless innings. He's only allowed three hits in, like, five and a third. I'm just saying, like, he was at one point, he's not just a guy off of a waiver scrap heap. He was legitimately one of the best young You'll pitchers be in right baseball. right is what you're saying. No, I'm, I think at this point that ship has sailed. Once a guy turns 38 years later, I think there's a statute of limitations on your take. All right, okay. Uh, but I, I would I would be willing to see what happens with him the next couple of months too. But I agree with Declan. It, the bullpen's kind of a train wreck, but it's the easiest thing to fix on the fly in the middle of the season. You have to give up something to get good relievers, but they're not. they wouldn't be looking for a closer. They'd be looking for a lefty and then maybe, you know, a, a Lopez-like piece, how they acquired him last year. But um, it does become tough when you pull a starting pitcher after 75 pitches and then the replacement, Brock Stewart, comes in and just soils himself. So, uh-huh. And then uh, category number four here, it's called Byron Buxton, here we go again, maybe. And Judd, you tweeted this out over the weekend. So uh, Rocco Baldelli told our guy Corey Provis on the radio broadcast that you can see Buxton's knee is actually causing some issues right now. You did the math in 17 games since May 7th. Buxton's hitting 188 with a 297 on base percentage and not a lot of power. He has two home runs. He's batted four in, but he just hasn't been the same guy over the past three weeks. And Rocco confirmed, yeah, it's still that chronically injured knee that's flaring up. And he he brought up the fact that uh, I didn't go on Sunday. I watched the game on TV, but you went, Phil, and Baldelli brought up the fact that you could see he simply couldn't run well. Like he he hit a couple of ground balls, I, I think, and and yeah. he has not been going he has not been going pedal to the metal every time trying to go to first base this season. But he did, I think it was against the Dodgers, and he clearly tweaked it. And now he just can't. I think the reality is this, and it's weird because on Twitter people are so upset about this, but it's not like Buxton's trying to be hurt. I think the reality is we're not only not talking about a guy that is probably done playing the the outfield. We're talking about a guy that as a DH might simply not be an everyday player. Um, it sucks, but I mean, they did surgery. The knee is chronic. Like I think when I think when we're talking about doing surgery on a chronic knee problem, we're talking about trying to clean it up and we're trying yeah. we're, we're trying to help it but it's a chronic problem like you can't get rid of just chronic you can't uh, you know my guess is short of a knee replacement you can't do that and so it's really really sad and it sucks but i think what we have to accept is as a dh he might not be an everyday player and i don't see a way around that and i sure as hell don't see a way that he is ever going to play center especially in 2023 when they can barely manage to try to keep him in the lineup consistently as a DH. Yeah, it is. It is sad, man. Like if you, if you look at his last five seasons, so let me back up a step. He's 29 years old. He's going to be 30 years old for the start of next season. 
at this point, we're just never going to see the fully healthy in his prime version of Buxton that we thought existed five years ago. Because even if he does go back to playing outfield now, he's not as fast as he was four or five years ago. Clearly. I don't think he's a guy that you would put in center field at age 30, even if he if he ever did go back to the outfield. I'm not saying he couldn't, like if Michael A. Taylor got hurt this year like, and he's feeling good in a month, but odds are he's done playing center field and he might be done playing outfield. But this is the crazy thing. The last five seasons, per 162 games, if you took his numbers and extrapolated them to a full season, his per 162 game averages, 40 home runs, mm-hmm. over 100 runs scored, 95 extra base hits on average, and an OPS that's 33% above league average, be an 860 OPS. I mean, he legitimately, especially if you then add gold glove center field prowess, he would be one of the five best players in baseball if he could just stay on the field. But now he's battling chronic injuries and he's ba- battling age more than he was a few years ago. So, you know, if if this is, you know, maybe they have to just kind of strategically rest him a little bit. If he has to hit the injured list for a while, it's probably a quicker comeback to DH than it would be if you're planning on playing him in center field. So he remains very much on pace for his second 100-game season of his career. The only other one was back in 2017. Yep. And it's just the reality that we, you, you hope that Royce Lewis can, sort of take the franchise and take the torch and go forward so that the spotlight is a little bit less on Byron Buxton. So, and there you go. yeah, I mean, he's, everyone keeps asking me to, you know, is he ever going to play center field again? I, I legitimately don't think so. Like, you know, will you make an appearance yep. there maybe like in an absolute pinch could be, but I, I think you're going to see him as a full-time DH. That's the 2023 plan. He's got to be a DH and he has to rest now if his knee's going to flare up and that's just kind of the Byron Buxton they have to get. Well, here's another question for you guys. And we aren't there for, for like early. Sometimes they'll go out there at two o'clock in the afternoon and take fly balls and stuff. Like, when's the last time he even went out and took a fly ball? I don't think he is. I've, I've never seen it. The last I heard, he was not. Yeah. So it's possible because he's not I, practicing to play center field. Or, in spring or training, was he? He didn't play any spring training center field, right? He didn't play in a game in center. The, la- the last I know, and the last I heard was that he had, he was not even, in fact, I think Baldelli talked about this a month ago with Provis. He, Buxton was not even gearing up to practice out there. So he has basically just been a DH. That's it. The the problem now, too, is this. It's not like, oh, is he going to run into a fence or try to make a diving catch? The problem now clearly is this. Simply standing. It's the wear and tear of, yeah, of, it sounds weird, but it's literally just the wear and tear of being on your legs for hours a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you go out there and and repeatedly stand, it's going to cause problems. Again, the condition, as Baldelli said, I think it now last spring, it's a chronic problem. It is a chronic problem. It is not just a let's go repair it uh, arthroscopically and it's fine. We're taught this. This is one of the I think one of the saddest things that I've seen in sports in this town. Yeah. Because yep. of the potential. So, but there's still you know again just. If he needs to sit for a little bit, okay, it's going to flare up. It's going to go back. It's going to. You just hope that you can manage it so that he's around in September and October. Because if he's around in October, and Royce Lewis is playing this way, and your pitching staff could he run into a pitch and hit a three run homer to win you a playoff game, which is the goal here—a playoff game. We just want to see the Twins win a playoff game. 
before we die. And once they do that, it'll be game one of the World Series. Buxton will pinch hit. Three-run homers oh. there. Royce Lewis. Oh, oh can you imagine the snow falling at Target Field? Game seven. I don't believe what I just saw. Let's bring it back. There's your state of the twins on uh, usually on a Monday. Today we're hitting you on a Tuesday here after the long weekend. So, uh, yeah, if you guys have any twins topics you'd like to see us dive into on the show, send us a note. Hit us up on Twitter. And remember, if you're a frustrated Twins fan, too, it's okay. We are here as your Twins therapist, your Minnesota sports therapist, every day on this show. Um, and don't forget Purple Daily today, too, posting a little bit later because Judd's going to go with his field goggles and give us some observations live at practice. They're not goggles, they're glasses. They're big. Sorry. I see everything. See you guys.